G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. The internet was coming in, websites, and all of a sudden online was really starting to come into its early days of fruition. And then this thing called social media appeared, kind of in the mid-early 2000s. Facebook, Twitter. So we then discovered the power of social media. And really, that, that journey is my curiosity. How could we leverage social media for the gospel? The story. the story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, usually when you think of going to church, you think of going to a physical building to worship the Lord. But now, with technological advancements and after numerous lockdowns because of COVID, people have become more and more comfortable with watching church online and having Bible studies while at home via Zoom meetings. To find out more about how modern technology is impacting the church, we've invited online pastor Steve Fogg to share his story and to tell us what it's like ministering to people all over the world. Steve Fogg is chatting with Eric Scatterbo in our Melbourne studios. Steve Fogg, welcome to the program. Great to be with you. Glad to have you with us. And yes, isn't it something how just in the last couple of years, especially after COVID, all of a sudden people have gotten used to Zoom calls and yeah. online church. I mean, it's really grown. Absolutely, absolutely. If you think about the big digital transformation that's happened all around the world, mm-hmm. you know, if you think back to 2018, you know, people weren't on Zoom. Maybe they were using Skype. It was much more of a novelty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now people are so so used to it. And one of the ways that we know that people are so used to it is when we look at TV. Mm-hmm. Now on TV, people are actually you know using Zoom or using something else, and they're not using the outside broadcast you know equipment. And we're now used to that slightly lesser quality. Yeah, um, and it's totally okay with that kind of more remote kind mm-hmm. of distributed way of working. Yeah, it used to be when a TV program had a guest on, they had to be in the studio, yeah. usually. But now they're in their home and their yeah. cat's walking in the background, and we're, we're just yeah. all used to that now. Yeah, I mean, you, everyone remembers that great BBC interview oh, yeah. where the, you know, the foreign policy expert is giving his very high-level view of some very important international issue, and yeah. a little kid comes into the background, <laughs> yeah. and then Annie scoots in chasing after you know, the little kid. That's life. And yeah, I think that was yeah. a, actually a watershed moment in mm-hmm. culture where people realized that you could just do this kind of thing from home. And it's, it's gone into so many different levels of international culture mm-hmm. and Australian culture as well. And, of course, people are getting used to the option of watching a church service online as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's just made the church much more visible. Mm-hmm. Um, so no matter what church it is, if uh, whatever channel people are on, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or on their church website, people are now used to exploring faith online. Mm-hmm. Whereas people used to come in and maybe they'd sit on the back row of a church or be invited by a friend. People are much more used to now exploring faith 
online and they'll go and check you out, <laughs> your church out and your community out before they actually come and visit. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to talk about a lot of those types of things, online church, because, of course, you are an online pastor. But first, let's find out a little bit more about you and your background, born in the UK. Yeah, that's right. I grew up in a, in a beautiful part of the UK called Derbyshire. Mm-hmm. I lived in a, in a wonderful family, caring family with a sister and parents and lived in the country in those that think of England when you think of rolling hills and stone walls, <laughs> yeah. that's the yeah. kind of country I, wow. I grew up in and cold and bleak and summer would be a top of 20, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. But a great family, but, yeah. but no faith background. So okay. uh, I, I probably, you know, it would be a Christmas and an Easter um, kind of thing would happen at a primary school or secondary mm-hmm. school. We'd actually sing hymns oh. at primary school. Oh, so really? I didn't know at the time, but we actually had a Christian head mistress. I oh, think okay. they called them back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she would always insert a couple of hymns into our morning assembly that we oh, had okay. daily. And, uh, so, but not really any picture of who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had some idea of what church was, but yeah. not really who Jesus was. Probably the the closest I, I came to even experiencing who Jesus was was there was a series in about the 90, late 1970s, early 80s uh, about the gospel story. Mm-hmm. And all I remember is having my toast and a glass of milk on a Sunday night watching this guy on the cross. And that's mm-hmm. my only kind of memory of who Jesus was back then. That's the only connection I ever made. On TV. On TV. How ironic. Talking about watching screens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think it was on the BBC. Yeah. And back then, religious programming mm-hmm. was probably still more available than it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my only ever memory, really growing up, besides weddings, funerals, mm-hmm. christenings, and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so you're an online pastor today. Yeah. What happened? Well, we'll, we'll get to yeah. that eventually. But first, let's go back to your story. You eventually moved to Australia. Yeah. So, again, through my teenage years, I was at school mm-hmm. in the UK. Uh, I studied to be a graphic designer mm-hmm. back in the day before it was trendy to be studying for a graphic <laughs> designer. So, I had about 30 people in my year level. Now, we have hundreds of people in, in year levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just as uni finished... Uh, in England, uh, England went into a recession. So the design industry went into a bit of a recession as well. So uh, a, a good friend of mine said, hey, why don't you go travel with me and come with my fiance and I and we're going to go travel and see the world. So a bit of a gap year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I did and explored Asia, got to this very strange country, Australia, and <laughs> started off my first week in Perth and it was like 36 degrees or something and me being a lily white Englishman, you know, it's like <laughs> unbelievable. Um, and anyway, explored ex- Australia, yeah, and uh, eventually met my future wife. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so you you had no plans to stay. Oh no, I was, was just, just in that gap year. Yeah, so it was I was just passing through Australia, New Zealand, US, and then back home. Mm-hmm. So it's just that typical gap year, like Australians would yeah, go over yeah. to Europe. Yeah, that's what a lot of English college or uni students do after mm-hmm. they finish yeah. uni. But a young lady caught your eye. Yes, a young lady did catch my eye. And again, I still had no faith background. Uh, she had just returned from overseas. So again, we were both working in the graphic design industry, mm-hmm. mutual friends. She'd returned from overseas. And I went, hello, she's attractive. <laughs> and again, we were just friends beforehand. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lou, my wife, recalls now, she, Steve, you were just looking at me a little bit differently with a smile on your face. 
Um, Where were you? And we we're in Melbourne, so mm-hmm. I was living in Melbourne by that time. And uh, we we had dinner one night uh, with a group of friends, and then I just said, "Hey, why don't you come over to my house for dinner on the mm-hmm. weekend?" And that was really the start of our relationship, mm-hmm. and really the start of my faith journey because Lou. I didn't know at the time was a committed Christian hmm. and had just come back from doing a YOM DTS. Uh, which is? A Youth with a Mission Discipleship Training School, I think is the acronym. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's why they go away for a so year. So it's kind of like uh, a short-term missions trip Yeah, sure, yeah. after a training. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. almost like a, a gap year in, in mm-hmm. itself. It's quite a extended a religious period of time. or a spiritual gap year, I yeah, guess you could say. very much so. So mm-hmm. she'd gone to Europe, come back. Mm-hmm. Going the opposite direction than yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> completely opposite direction. Ironically. Yeah. So, very interesting serendipity happening yeah. there. And the wonderful thing was that she knew, but, but you know, a short time later, we knew that we were both interested in each other. She had a faith, though. Mm-hmm. So, she would invite me to church. Mm-hmm. Again, I had no church background. And she invites me along to Crossway. Okay, uh, so for people who aren't familiar, Crossway Baptist Church, is that the biggest Baptist church in Australia? Uh, I would assume that it, it still is sure in, that, yeah. in, probably in Asia still. Yeah. And so I had this preconception growing up in England of church being old buildings, mm-hmm. rather hymns. Kind of, yeah, hymns, Traditional. quirky vicars, like every <laughs> every stereotype that that culture would throw at us. Yeah, what uh, you see on TV. Yeah, know, what TV shows. Yeah, Vicar of Dibley, all yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. And really, it was at that moment where I first attended Crossway, really, where uh, I was able to move beyond the stereotype that culture was pushing at me about Mm. what Christianity was. Well, we should say that Crossway Baptist Church, very contemporary worship. Yeah. Not a church building. It looks more like a theater. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, not churchy at all. It's not churchy, and uh, look, back then, they just moved from Blackburn into Burwood East, mm-hmm. and so it had gone into a very big, you know, thousand-seat auditorium. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, coming from an unchurched background, there was nothing there that really said it was church, mm-hmm. uh, in, except for the cross on the stage. It was very um, – there were no barriers for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. and the senior pastor at the time, uh, Pastor Stuart Robinson, mm-hmm. uh, kind of – through his preaching, kind of just told it like it is. Mm-hmm. And it was a very new idea for me that I I could meet this Jesus who, again, culture painted this picture of this uh, Italian Renaissance man with beautiful light blue eyes. Oh, and, oh uh, these paintings of Jesus. You're yeah, 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 to. completely. Oh, right, right. So, again, yeah. part of that culture mm-hmm. is really just uh, these preconceptions of faith. Mm-hmm. And really what, through the teaching, through uh, Lou also inviting me into a small group mm-hmm. where I would So, you're go, just getting immersed into I'm Christianity. Get, I'm absolutely getting immersion. Mm. And I encountered friendship in that small group. And all of a sudden, again, countercultural, where people tend to be a little bit more standoffish. Um, it was very much, hey, welcome. Oh, they, you're talking about in England. Uh, yeah, well, just generally in Australia as well, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, you go Outside to a home church. with people that you don't know, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a little bit guarded and a little bit mm-hmm. kind of standoffish. Okay. Yeah. Versus a small group that I went into who was very real, very honest, very open, mm. very welcoming and yeah. warm. Yeah. And we talked about this thing called the Bible, which I'd not really ever read before. Hmm. 
couple of weeks in, I was asked to lead a Bible study. You were asked to lead? I was asked to lead a Bible study. How yeah. did that work? Uh, let's, get, let's have the non-Christian guy lead it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That, I think that was part of the cunning plan. Oh, was to get me oh to you think this was read, by design? Yeah, actually to get me to read the Bible, Oh, okay. which was great because then all, they gave me um, this passage to read and then I would share and, you know, I'd, I'd spent some time with Lou saying, hey, is this... Like I feel like a real rookie at this. Is this yeah. okay? And she said it's fine. Now was she happy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm reading the Bible. I'm in a small group. Yeah, and I'm I'm on the track towards faith. And mm-hmm. yeah. and along that journey, you know, this part of this community, part of this church, which was very very open to just explaining who Jesus really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And as part of that journey, I also did an Alpha course in the mm-hmm. home, mm-hmm. and really just the those. Real essential basics of Christianity mm-hmm. about the Bible, about yeah. who the Holy Spirit is, the ABCs of Christianity. Yeah, yeah. yeah which um, if I look back on it now, you know, twenty something years later, really, it's incredible what we assume mm. as as Christians that a lot of the unchurched world just doesn't know, yeah. and myself included. Yeah, and really, it was at that moment where I'm, I'm reading the Bible, starting to read the Bible, mm-hmm. going through the Gospels. Actually, reading what Jesus did versus how did you do in your Bible study leading? Oh, I think I was totally bombed, but you know, um, they were very gracious. Grace abounds, yes, yeah, grace abounds upon grace abounds, and they were great. And you know, the tea was great, and the chocolate was great, and it was just great community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, that that radical community for me was something that, again. Being in Australia, all my family's in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, was just no, you, so you had no family. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so warm and welcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so part of the you know learning about the Christian faith, reading the Bible, really getting up and close and personal through the Bible with Jesus. All of the veneer, all of the my own misconceptions about who Jesus is, mm-hmm. uh, were, were stripped away, mm-hmm. and I would probably consider myself in terms of. Is there a, uh, more to life than this uh, pre-becoming a Christian? Probably would have been warm to the fact that there's a higher power in the universe. Mm-hmm. And I think really what that season did for me was clarify uh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, he died on the cross for our sins. And the person of Jesus is a real person. Mm-hmm. And really, that, that was the moment for me where I put my trust in Christ. Mm-hmm. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with online pastor Steve Fogg from Crossway Baptist Church in Melbourne. Steve's sharing his life journey and how he eventually became somewhat of a pioneer in the area of communications and digital church media in Australia. We'll hear more of Steve's story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is online pastor Steve Fogg, who's originally from England. Before the break, we heard how he began attending a Bible study in Melbourne after growing up with virtually no church background. Next, we'll hear how he eventually becomes a Christian and is called into ministry. 
but not in the way he expected. At that time, you know, I'm again pursuing Lou, thinking about becoming a Christian mm. and Lou's back from a DTS and uh, she, she um, I know she won't mind me sharing this because we giggle at it now. Uh, she goes to see my then senior pastor, Pastor Stuart, mm-hmm. and you know you've had you know a, a bit of a time away where you're learning about who Jesus is, a spiritual bit of a um, time away. And the first question he asks her is, "Are you dating anybody?" Really? Mm. Yeah. So she said, "Yep." Yeah. Second question is, "Is he a Christian?" Mm-hmm. And at that time, I wasn't. Yeah. So the, there wasn't a third question. The next line was then you know what you need to do. Hmm. So at that time, we, we split up. Oh, okay. And so I... Well, of course, the Bible says we are not to be unequally yoked. yoked. Yeah. And that means a Christian should not marry a non-Christian. Yeah. You have different values. Yeah. And we did spiritual. have different values. Although oh, oh, I'd yep. probably say I was, I, my life was changing mm. radically. Yeah. And I made a commitment and uh, we got back to, together. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a year, we're married. So she's got to be very happy. She yeah. liked you, yeah, yeah, but you weren't a Christian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it, it was a really interesting season of, mm-hmm. um, and you know, following up from that, she, her genuine desire was: Is Steve really practicing his faith? Mm-hmm. Is he reading? You know, so all of the is it real or did he just is it real fake? or was he did he fake it? it just to get me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it, it just happened. Unfortunately, it does happen. yeah. So we were married in, in 1997. Mm-hmm. In the early 2000s, I was creative director in an agency, and I was really sensing the call into ministry. Mm-hmm. And just having our first child come along the way. And so you're really growing. I mean, not just yeah. becoming a Christian, but now wanting to do full time ministry. Yeah, I really, really sensed it that, hey, I had a really great job and a really great firm in the city. Mm-hmm. We were doing work for all the federal government, state government, high profile brands, mm-hmm. people. So you would have been quite comfortable continuing. Very comfortable career. A successful career, yeah. Earning a, a decent amount of money and, and really. The Lord just got my attention and said, mm. okay, what you're learning here, I want you to do for me. Oh, take those skills. Yeah, take those skills. Use them for the Lord. And, and so I, I, I spoke with my pastor at Crossway and basically said, I feel like God's calling me into ministry. don't know what that looks like. And you're just a baby Christian at and this I'm point. And I'm still a baby Christian, you know, four years into mm-hmm. the journey. Mm-hmm. And um, so we explored that. Well, I prayed with some friends and we said, yep, yeah, we think we sense that call into ministry. And so I started an internship at Crossway, mm-hmm. and I loved it, absolutely loved it. And uh, fast forward uh, four years later, I'm part of the, the small groups team at Crossway, as it was then. And Wait a second. So you went from barely knowing how to lead a Bible study yeah. to leading the small groups part of the church? Not leading. Of? I was an intern in, in that team. I oh, had a okay, pastor okay. I, I, who was I jumped yeah, a little bit. I forward. was learning the ropes, very much <laughs> okay. learning the ropes. But still, I mean, that's quite a, a jump from what, yeah, where you yeah, started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but still passionately pursuing Jesus, reading the Bible, yeah, yeah. and really just exploring what, where my giftings mm. were. Yeah. So how did that work out? Yeah, it worked out great, but unexpectedly not the way I thought it was going to work out. Oh, what happened? In, in the sense of at the, at the end of the internship. Normally, there's a pathway into ministry, mm-hmm. either at your church or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. My pastor, who's so much wiser than me, so much more uh, in touch with the Holy Spirit on on where I should 
take my next step, said, I don't think this is the right spot for you in small groups. And at the time, it was, it was, oh, oh. I, was that I, a shock? Yeah, it was a shock, absolute shock to I me. I learned how to lead a Bible study with some Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know how to place people into small groups. I, you've yeah. taught me all of these things. And, yeah. And so I had this six-month hiatus where I was, I was kind of really searching what should I do next because mm. I'd given up my really great career. We were working part-time to support ourselves, mm-hmm. and, and we'd had a small design firm doing some work, and it, but, but really sensing God taking us into ministry. And then six months later, um, I got a call from the then um, church secretary, as it was called back then, to ask me, do I want to lead our communications team at Crossway? Uh, a communications team. Yeah. What does a communications team for a church do? Yeah. So if you think of a, so Crossway is a very large church, mm-hmm. very large yeah. community, yeah. and we need some structure in how we communicate. So really, uh, in terms of what do we communicate, how do we communicate? Um, well, it used to be at church they would just hand out a bulletin. Absolutely. And, and so you're saying it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit more than that. Yeah, just a little bit more than that. Especially when you have thousands of people. Yeah, yeah. And and really within that larger group of people, you've got groups uh, of different types of interests or different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So Crossway, you know, we've got a. A large English congregation. We had Korean, we had Cantonese, Mandarin, oh, wow. Indonesian, yeah. Yeah. So, international. Yeah, so it's very, very multicultural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it, absolutely love it. And now we have different locations as mm-hmm. well. So yeah. there's complexity organizationally wise. And for some of you, that might be um, a shock that you actually need to be organized, but actually it's a reality. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. large community, whether it's a, a nonprofit of any kind or business, mm-hmm. You need to understand how to communicate mm-hmm. and what to communicate. So we were on this journey, and I was leading this team that was ever growing. As mm-hmm. we learned, hey, we need, actually need to put some structure around this, mm-hmm. and really so love you're that. A, a bit of a pioneer in a sense. Yeah, in in Australia, I mm-hmm. I, I searched around to see if there's anyone in my role, and I don't know if there was back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone in that role. So I had to go to the States to see which churches in the States had communications directors in there. Mm-hmm. I know a lot in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got a lot of mentoring and support from the Center for Church Communications, believe it or not, in the States. And I remember my first Skype call with them hmm. back in the day. Talking uh, of online communication. Yeah, talking about online communication. Yeah. I, you know, how are we going to communicate? Skype, there's this thing yeah. called Skype. Yeah. And uh, so we had a chat, and over the years, got a lot of support and mentoring and advice from people who've been doing it a lot longer than mm-hmm. I had. Because mm-hmm. previously, I was much more creative. So, hey, if you want a print ad, if you want a TV commercial, sure, I can do a radio ad. I can do that for you. Mm-hmm. But communications is slightly different as a discipline, mm-hmm. but in the same creative area. Mm-hmm. So, so really, this was a good fit for you. Yeah, it was a perfect fit. And, yeah. and I, I, I look back in, the, in that rearview mirror and go, actually, God knew exactly what was going on. Oh, okay. The, the plan, that call into ministry, yeah. absolutely, it's just something different mm-hmm. to what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And that's completely fine. Interesting, you were at Crossway where they had a need for what you're good at. Yeah. If you were at a smaller church... Yeah, they don't absolutely. have a communications director. No, and and you probably don't with the complexity that happens. You probably don't need it, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and it would normally be an administrator or, or a secretary or doing something simple like a bulletin or, mm-hmm. or maintaining yeah. a website. Yeah. At the same time, there's this convergence of the digital age coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, well, uh, we've gone from predominantly a print-based background 
in terms of a physical bulletin or a poster or a oh, postcard okay. yeah, into yeah. this, this yeah. thing called the internet. Mm-hmm. And, this, you know, the internet was coming in. Websites. Mid- websites. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, online was really starting to come into its early days mm-hmm. of fruition. And then this thing called social media appeared, uh, kind of in the mid-early 2000s. Oh, Facebook, mostly. Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we then... Uh, discovered, um, I guess, the power of social media. Mm-hmm. And really, that, that journey is my curiosity, uh, naturally creative, so curious, um, that how could we leverage social media for the gospel? And this is kind of when Facebook was first out, and it's very much, you know, I, I would love to share with the world what I learned in church, mm. for real. Yeah. How could we amplify that to mm-hmm. not just take down those cultural preconceptions that mm-hmm. everybody else, I would imagine, would have who don't go to church, who've never been to church, maybe culture saying one thing about the church. How could we share the gospel? Because it, if we think about that time, the reality was the gatekeepers of culture were the media. Mm-hmm. And you had to go to the media to get your message out. So on TV, on radio, often there would be gatekeepers which would slow down the gospel getting out whereas with digital coming through and the internet coming through churches and the message of the gospel could get straight to the person in their home and on their laptop okay that was part one of eric scatterbo's chat with online pastor steve fogg Steve's sharing his life journey and how he eventually became somewhat of a pioneer in the area of communications and digital church media in Australia. We invite you to join us again next time when Steve will share more of his story and more about how modern technology is impacting church ministry. As we'll hear, there are many innovative ways that the internet and social media can be used to share the gospel. All that and more is coming up next time. To find out more about Steve Fogg and take a look at his online ministry in action, you can go to his church's website. It's crossway.org.au. Once again, that's crossway.org. Finally, in light of what we're hearing today, the great commission of sharing the gospel can be seen in a new light. In the Bible, Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Well, with the internet and social media, going into all the world has never been easier. And the only limit is in our ability to come up with creative ways to use this new tool. The only thing I haven't worked out yet is how to do baptisms online. But other than that, there are tremendous opportunities to make disciples and teach God's word all over the world. And it's great to hear how Steve and other online pastors are taking advantage of this new technology to minister to people. It's super exciting. Well, until next time, when we'll hear more about all this and more of Steve Fogg's story, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. A lady in Spain who doesn't have her faith, uh, no background of faith, and she came across us on Facebook. And fast forward, she made a decision to become a Christian, and she's now thinking of becoming baptised. And that's the reality. It's not necessarily physical distance anymore. She's in Spain, we're in Australia. So really that digital mission opportunity is there. 
Online pastor Steve Fogg joins us once again to share more of his journey to becoming a pioneer in the area of digital church media in Australia. Steve will also tell us about what he sees coming in the future regarding technology and church ministry. All that and more is coming up next time. The Story. Just another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.